Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show, and welcome. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. Today we're going to be discussing and reviewing the latest Ryan Reynolds film that's on Netflix, The Adam Project. Before I do that, a little bit of housekeeping. This is an audio movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. I also record the episodes live as I'm doing right now. The show is available on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, the show is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, and Podbean. If you don't use a podcasting app, you can get all the episodes all the way back to episode one available on the website. The website is LetMeBendYourEar.com. And if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, uh, if you subscribe to the show on YouTube, that is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. So whenever I go live, you'll be able to uh, watch the show then and you'll get notifications when the show is live and you'll be able to participate if you'd like as well. So if you do want to do that, if you're in the chat, wherever you're watching it, the show is available live right now on YouTube, the Facebook channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear, which is also um, uh, the show is also available on Twitter. Uh, that at bend your ear pod so if you're watching on any one of these formats right now you can just click in let me know and i'll put up the link if you want to join the show live so again you'll be able to do that as well and if not you, you can listen to the audio podcast uh, when it becomes available if you want to email the show the email for the show is bend your ear podcast at gmail.com so if you have any suggestions for movies to review any feedback about the show or just anything about movies in general uh, feel free to shoot me an email there uh, the best way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at BendYourEarPod. That's also the handle for Instagram and for Twitch. Uh, but I'm usually on Twitter for the most part. So if you want to reach out to me there, ask me questions there, interact there, I'm on Twitter all the time uh, interacting uh, about movies. So let's go ahead. Before I review The Adam Project, I want to take a few minutes to talk about uh, Bruce Willis. So if you've watched the news this week, obviously, you know, the Academy Award slap fest uh, was in the news but I'm not really going to talk about that I think that's been talked about ad nauseum but I really want to talk about the other announcement this week uh, Bruce Willis's family released an announcement that uh, Bruce Willis is going to be retiring from acting due to a condition called aphasia which is a degenerative brain condition where you have trouble understanding words speaking and it's a degenerative uh, brain disease uh, so it's very sad news to hear uh, that he's going to be stepping away from acting and I know you know there has been a running joke over the last few years about the amount of movies he's done and uh, that he's kind of phoning it in and kind of things like that and everybody had some jokes at his expense uh, about that but obviously now in light of what's been reported uh, it's been it's taken on a different kind of uh, perception at this point and I just I did just watch a video of Kevin Smith uh, at a comic-con because if you know kevin smith the director he's had some very vocal issues about working with bruce willis on the film cop out that starred willis and tracy morgan uh that he was difficult to work with and kevin smith had a pretty emotional uh discussion uh, about finding out about bruce willis's condition and how it kind of put everything in perspective about his issues with him and uh pretty moving if you like kevin smith definitely check it out you can find it on youtube if you type in um kevin smith bruce willis it'll pop right up uh it's uh, it's worth watching it was pretty emotional and he got very emotional about it because he agreed to do that film because he was always a huge bruce willis fan so it was it bummed him out that they that it didn't seem like it didn't go well in that movie but now he's got a different perspective so definitely check that out but as far as i'm concerned 
So at my age, I'm the same age as, as Kevin Smith. I'm a year older than him. So I want to start talking about Bruce Willis is his television career. So I first heard of Bruce Willis from the television series Moonlighting, which starred himself and Sybil Shepard. So the, the premise of that show was uh, Sybil Shepard was an actress that w- started to work at a agency that she owned. I believe I remember the original premise that she didn't have anything to do with. Uh, David Addison, played by Bruce Willis, was the P.I., and it was basically that was the setup for the show and it was an innovative show at the time and it really showcased all the things that bruce willis did well his kind of smart ass funny attitude physical comedy it was a fantastic series and i think it lasted three seasons so that's where i first saw bruce willis and loved that show loved him on that show and he was fantastic on that show so at the time i was you know 16 17 years old turning 18. So then in 1988, a small film that you may not have heard of called Die Hard was going to open. I'll never forget this. It's so funny because I was working at a movie theater at the time. So we were putting the posters up for Die Hard, uh, you know, for because it was a summer film and it was, you know, a couple of months before. There's a poster up with uh, Die Hard starring Bruce Willis. And I remember this at the time. It's so funny, too, around that same time in the 80s because I've talked about Michael Keaton and Batman and and how everybody was kind of like skeptical that he was going to be Batman and you see how that turned out. It was the same thing with Die Hard. So I saw the posters for Die Hard. I remember seeing it going, oh, that's interesting. He's going to do an action film. And uh, I remember at the time, and you know, granted, there's no internet. There's no anything. You really just would read magazines about movies. If you were a movie geek, some things you would hear about the news and then you would hear some rumblings about him going to star in an action film. But I do remember a lot of people going, the dude from Moonlighting is going to be in an action movie? And I'm sure at the time, a lot of people just weren't going to buy it. And and I'm sure there was a lot of skepticism about how the movie was going to perform. So I saw the poster, and then the trailer came out for the movie. So I, I saw the trailer, watched the trailer, and the trailer looked fantastic. I'm like, oh, this looks like a, like a good movie. It looks like it's going to be good. I mean, you don't know from the trailer. You know, obviously, after the fact, you realize the, the, the pedigree of the people making the movie. So you had Joel Silver, who was a super producer at the time. You had John McTiernan, who directed Die Hard, who also directed Predator before that, which is a great action 80s movie. And then after Die Hard, he directed The Hunt for Rod October, which is another very good movie. So the pedigree, after the fact, you realize was really good. So movie comes out. Uh, I get to watch it at a midnight screening. Um, and when I saw it, blew me away. It was fantastic. It is still, as everyone knows now, one of the best action films ever made. And Bruce Willis is fantastic in it. I can't imagine anybody else playing that part. And... When I think of the John McClane character, it kind of brings me back to one of my other favorite action movies and one of the movies that made me love movies, which was Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Indiana Jones character. I think those these two characters had some things in common is where they were just regular people. They weren't superheroes. They didn't have superpowers. They were just regular dudes put in situations that they had to try to get their way out of. And that was one of the great things about Die Hard. And I think that's what set it apart from a lot of other action movies. Even set it apart from other action movies of the day. If you compare, like I said, the aforementioned Predator with Schwarzenegger, the Stallone films of that time, you know, they're almost like superhero machines in that sense. In a literal case, like with the Terminator, an actual machine. But with John McClane and Die Hard, it was a person that was funny, had pain, had issues with his wife. It was a fully rounded character. And that's what I love about Die Hard. So the setup for Die Hard, the action really doesn't get started till about 40 minutes into the movie. But all that all that character setup is excellent in the way you, you learn about John McClane, you learn about his situation, you learn about why he's going to California. And they take their time 
with that setup. It doesn't start and then there's action nonstop. And then once the action gets going, it is nonstop, literally. The, the plot is great. Why they're there in the building taking it over is fantastic. Then, of course, you get the debut of the fantastic, fabulous Alan Rickman, which will be another tribute for another show, the late Alan Rickman, who's fabulous. And his fabulous is Hans Gruber, one of the best bad guys in a movie ever. But Bruce Willis carries Die Hard and for all of those reasons. And, of course, that movie... Uh, catapulted him into superstardom and you know started his movie career and obviously he left television behind he actually did a uh, critically acclaimed arc on friends uh, about 10 years later uh, which people loved but what i'm going to talk about with bruce willis is obviously there, there's films that he's known for the big films and we know them pulp fiction armageddon all the ones where he's an action star i posted on my twitter uh when i heard the news about his condition about him stepping away from acting I pointed out four films that he was in that I think people should check out if they haven't watched them. And they're smaller movies and movies where you can see the depth of his acting range. Because I do think his acting abilities have been underrated. And that kind of happens when you're an action star. So the first one I want to talk about real quick is In Country. Uh, this movie, I believe, came out in 1989. was directed by the great Norman Jewison. And uh, he plays a Vietnam veteran that returns home and has trouble adjusting. And I know there's been a lot of Vietnam War films. This is a smaller film, uh, He's and he's fantastic in it, and it's a great, great movie. Uh, again, check that out, In Country, uh, directed by Norman Jewison with Bruce Willis in it. Another film that I uh, put out there to recommend, and this is a bigger one. This one's not a smaller film, but I'm going to talk about it. So, of course, one of his biggest films is The Sixth Sense, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, which puts Shyamalan on the scene, and everybody knows that film as well. But that's not the film I'm going to recommend. Not that you don't see it. It's a great movie. On my list that I put out on Twitter, the second film that he did with Willis is my favorite. And it's my favorite Shyamalan film, which is Unbreakable, where he plays a janitor that works at a, fo at a college football team. And it is basically a comic book movie before really the big comic book movies came out. And it's a superhero origin story. And Bruce Willis's acting in Unbreakable is phenomenal. The movie itself is phenomenal. And the reason it is, as I said on Twitter, is directly because and as a result of Bruce Willis's performance in that film and I'm actually someone on Twitter um, the other day brought up a scene that I didn't forget about but I'm glad they brought it up so I'm going to steal their thunder a little bit the scene in the film when his son who suspects that his dad has superpowers and is a superhero there's a phenomenal scene in Unbreakable where the son is saying I think you you have superpowers and you can't be hurt and and Bruce Willis is just telling him I'm I'm a regular person I'm a human being I can get hurt I can die so the son finds his gun and pulls the son pulls the gun on him and it says, look, I'm going to shoot you and you're going to be OK. That exchange and the intensity of that scene is one of the greatest scenes in, in Unbreakable. To see Bruce Willis's reaction at the horror of his son pulling the gun on him and, and, and what could happen. It's just brilliant. And that's just indicative of what a great film Unbreakable is. Again, to this day, it's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film. And there's not even and as much as I love The Sixth Sense and I do love it. When you know the twist, it kind of not doesn't take any way, anything away from it, but it, there's just something that loses it a little bit. But I've gone back to I've seen to Sixth Sense probably three times. I've seen Unbreakable. I own Unbreakable. I've seen that movie probably 15, 20 times. I love that film and I love Bruce Willis's performance in that film. So that's the second film I'm going to recommend that you watch if you either have never seen it or, or just to revisit it. The third film I'm going to recommend is Bandits, which was directed by Barry Levinson, which is a great small kind of caper movie so it's got um it's got bruce willis and billy bob thornton and the great 
Kate Winslet all in the movie. Very good, very small film. Like I said, it's not a blockbuster movie, but he's great in it. It's a good movie. And the fourth and final movie I'm going to suggest uh, is one that I really love, directed by the great Robert Zemeckis of Back to the Future fame. Uh, it's called Death Becomes Her. So it's got Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. So it's a bonkers kind of crazy comedy. You, you have to watch it where somebody gets brought back from the dead. Uh, Bruce Willis plays the husband, <laughs> plays the, the henpecked husband. And it's just, a, it's a hilarious, funny performance. And I think the one thing in Bruce Willis's career where he, where, where it's disappointing for me anyway, as a fan of his, when I go back to what I said, you, he never got to recreate the manic persona that he had on Moonlighting. Which, like I said, if you haven't seen Moonlighting, if it's, I don't even know if it's available to stream anywhere. I highly recommend it if you're a Bruce Willis fan, if you've never seen that show. He's so fantastic in that show. The physical comedy, the romantic, all of it he does great. And, and I don't think he was ever able to recreate that type of performance that he is so capable of doing in his film career. Because obviously after Die Hard, his film career kind of took a different direction. Now, that being said, the films that I, that I named or kind of off the beaten path performances for Bruce Willis. And he's done other films as well. I mean, I know people love Hudson Hawk. I've never seen it. I know that's a notorious flop, but there are some hardcore fans of that film as well. And obviously he worked for very um, different types of directors as well. So he did, of course, he did 12 Monkeys with Terry Gilliam, who's one of my favorite directors. I didn't love 12 Monkeys, but it was a, a different one. And then another movie, which a lot of people love, directed by Luc Besson, The Fifth Element. So Besson directed The Professional, which is a movie that I do love. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of, of The Fifth Element either, but he did take chances in his career and, and do different things and work for all different kinds of directors and, and, and was adept at all kinds of types of roles. Uh, so like I said, I think his acting range is underrated. So hopefully, uh, with this unfortunate news, it, it, I think a lot of people will revisit his work. So hopefully you'll revisit those four films. Again, that's Unbreakable, Bandits, In Country, and Death Becomes Her. I would recommend those four films uh, in the Bruce Willis catalog uh, to enjoy. And last one, and I'll throw this in now, one of his more recent films that was really, really good was directed by Ryan Johnson, who of course has directed The Great Knives Out and of course the, what's the word? on the, Oh, the polarizing Last Jedi in the Star Wars series. But Ryan Johnson directed a film called Looper, uh, which is a, a time travel movie with, with Willis and... Joseph Gordon-Levitt so that's a very good movie well very original time travel kind of very cool premise good movie and Bruce Willis is great in that as well uh, so another one to check out as a bonus so again uh, hopefully Bruce Willis will you know have the rest of his life to enjoy with his family and, and 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 you know meet this challenge head on and like I said it's sad news and you know it's unfortunate when you hear uh, stars that you grew up you know loving in movies uh, having their health challenges so it's always uh, always tough to hear all right so we're going to go into our review of The Atom Project. Now, this film is a film on Netflix. I know Netflix Big Push this year is they're releasing a new film every week of this year. I won't be reviewing for the two Netflix films. Frankly, I don't have time to, to do that many movies from one thing. But I did want to review this one. I saw the trailer for it before it was released on Netflix. And the premise is kind of interesting. Speaking of time travel, uh, as we don't have enough time travel movies. But this one is about a pilot named Adam Reed, uh, played by uh, Ryan Reynolds, who is, at the beginning of the film, being chased. He's flying his jet, being chased in 2050, in the year 2050. So he ends up jumping into a wormhole that allows him to go through time. So to get away, he's wounded. In the film, you see he has a wound, and he gets away from his um, the people that are chasing him, 
and ends up going into the current year, so into 2022. So he ends up, you find out, uh, putting his jet at a property that's actually where he lived when he was a child. So he comes to the present in 2022, and he ends up running into his own mother and himself as a 12-year-old. So uh, the 12-year-old Adam Reed is played by actor Walter Scobo. So once they meet each other and they figure out who what what's going on, older Adam Reed tells his younger self that he's on the run and he's trying to figure something out. And he actually didn't mean to go to 2022. He meant to go to 2019 or 2018, I believe, excuse me, and uh, and talk to their father, his father. Because it turns out his father, played by Mark Ruffalo, inadvertently invented time travel and he needs his help. So he's he stays hidden in 2022 time to heal his wound and to get back into his plane and get to where he needs to go. So that's the basic premise of the film. So um, a lot of things happen there. There's the interaction between, you know, Adam Reed's older self by Reynolds and the younger self is funny and you got the, the, the particular Ryan Reynolds type of humor. And it's funny, my 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 issues with Ryan Reynolds, I've had mixed feelings about him over the years. I wasn't a huge fan of his, really, of his other movies. I wasn't a fan of his persona in movies. Uh, that's grown over the years. I kind of like him a lot more, obviously. I think with, with the role of his lifetime, which is Deadpool, which I think is a perfect marriage of actor and role. Since those movies have come out, I've, I've softened my position on Ryan Reynolds, and I've become a fan of his. And he's actually really, really good in The Adam Project. The thing in the movie that I didn't expect uh, is the there's some very deep emotional scenes in the film, which I didn't expect. So the young Adam Reed, we find out he's, he's asthmatic. He's bullied in school. And at the time that he comes back in 2022, his father had already passed away. So he was dealing with the death of his father. Of course, his mom is a widow, uh, played by Jennifer Garner. And at, young Adam is kind of hard on his mom. Um, you see some scenes in there where it's just, he's just very... I don't know if dismissive is the word. I don't. I guess you could call it mean, but I think what I like about this movie is they they were they were good with uncomfortable things regarding the death of his dad. A lot of these kind of movies where I think a lot of them come become cliche is in a lot of these types of movies the child's father is would have passed away. You have the mom dealing with the grief. He's dealing with the grief, and and a lot of these movies the mom and the son get along really well because they have that shared grief and not, not to say that that's not a real thing but what i liked about this movie it was a little unique in that there was friction between the mom and the son because they're both dealing with the grief in their own way and i think that's a more realistic portrayal of things like that so i kind of like that that they they delved into that and then of course with the older adam reed seeing you know you we all have the thing is you could see yourself as your younger self and and kind of have the wisdom of your age so that interaction works well. You know the things that he tries to inform him. There's a hilarious scene, of course, where where uh, where young Adam is being confronted by the bullies, and then of course older, older Adam is there, and he has a word with the bullies, uh, a few words, which is quite hilarious. One of the better funny scenes of the movie. So as the movie progresses, we also find out that older Adam Reed is married, and his wife was on the run as well because of everything that happened, and she's played by uh, Zoe Saldana. So she plays. Uh, Laura Shane, who is Adam's wife. And then, of course, like I said, Mark Ruffalo plays the dad. And they eventually get to 2018. Both young Adam and older Adam get over there 
to go talk to their dad so they can try to help them combat whatever the uh w- you know the threat that's going on so Catherine Keener the great actress is uh plays Myra who was working with Adam's father when time travel was inadvertently discovered and then she basically takes over the company and uses it for her own means and her own evil purposes and obviously she's got power she's got money and she's the main antagonist in the film so again it's a fun movie it's a it's a movie like i said it's a movie that had uh some unexpected emotional depth which i wasn't i was not expecting that at all uh, i was expecting you know just a standard and there's some standard stuff in there it's time travel you know they make fun of the rules of time travel and kind of you know the intricacies of what that entails so it's a lot of fun it's a it's a pg i think it's pg 13 there's a couple of uh it's not anything too bad i think a, a older kid could watch it um i would probably say my son is eight i probably would let him watch it i don't think there's too much of an issue there there's a couple of lines here or there but i don't think it's anything crazy and definitely th- there's no uh there's no volume of violence or no level of violence any higher than if you watched a marvel film uh, with your kids which is all those are pg-13 rated anyway so i don't think there's any more violence anything more than you would see in a standard marvel film so i don't think there's anything too too rough for for kids like you know i would probably say you know seven and up eight and up i would probably show a little little kid but but i think any kids older than that is good and it's a fun movie and you've got like i said you got good actor jennifer garner is really good as the mom uh mark ruffalo is is great as the dad when they come and find him so of course he's freaked out you know saying two versions of his own son and then you get some depth there as well about about his availability as a dad to him since he's been you know immersed in his work and the things that he does and and again even that they kind of handle in a kind of different way that you, you would expect that he was the dad that was never there and it's and it's and it's not that at all he it's it's more complex than that and it's not as black and white as that so again that that's the things about the adam project that i was really surprised about that that really um made the film better than i thought it was going to be uh and like i said a lot of good action uh you know it kept me entertained from beginning to end i actually don't i usually have the running time i don't i think it was about a two-hour running time i didn't feel like it dragged anywhere uh like i said that's been my number one thing about movies whether they drag or don't drag especially since movies have seemed to veer into the over two hour range going into the two and a half hour range so this i didn't have an issue with this movie so again i was pleasantly surprised like i said reynolds is great uh mark ruffalo is very good garner is good and uh scoble the uh the kid that plays the young adam reed does a great job as well so i think i'm going to give the adam project i'm gonna go i'm gonna go four van goes out of five um which i was higher than i thought i would end up getting it but on my scale, that means it's a movie that's really fun to watch. I would recommend that you see it. Uh, so I put it at four out of five. Uh, it, it's it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of any criticisms really of it. I don't. I mean, I think it's a you know I think it's a standard story of you know of getting back to the future, trying to change things around. So I mean that's been done before. So I guess that would be my quote unquote criticism of the movie. But it's not. It doesn't detract from the movie at all. It's not something where I'm like. Ugh, like I just reviewed the 355, which is uh, my episode that's up now, and and I, you know, you can go back and listen to that one, and I talk about kind of the standard action film fare, which kind of detracted for me. Uh, here, the time travel element didn't detract, or I didn't feel it was, you know, it wasn't anything that made me enjoy the film any less. And like I said, I think I'm really boosting it to the four Van Gogh, where I maybe would have given it three or three and a half because of, 
like I said, there was some unexpected emotional depth in the film. And I think for me, I have a, I'm have a father of an eight-year-old and a two-year-old and I have a, an adult son. But I think maybe it hits me a little bit differently because I do have kids and, and it does explore, you know, the impact of what you do or don't do on your kids' lives. And if they lose a parent early, how that affects them going forward, especially if there were issues at the time that the parent passes away. So I think maybe as a dad of young kids, it hit me a little bit different than maybe it would hit a regular viewer. So I think that's why I'm giving it a, a probably a higher review maybe than somebody else would uh, that doesn't have that perspective. Uh, but I think it just hit me a little bit differently in a good way, though. It was, it was unexpectedly uh, emotional and had some more depth than I was really looking for in a movie of this type. So again, I'm going to give The Adam Project four Van Goghs out of five. So definitely check it out. It is on Netflix. It's a Netflix film. So if you have Netflix, you can watch it right now. Uh, it's available there. Um, and, uh, and let me know what your thoughts on it if you uh, have seen it. If you want to come on live, let me know. Um, I've got the chat room open now. We can talk about that or we can talk about Bruce Willis as well. Uh, again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I am Frank, the host of the show. I discuss and review movies new and old. Again, uh, I record these episodes live like I'm doing now. That's available on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Let Me Bend Your Ear. The show's YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. So if you like the Facebook page, but specifically if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Anytime I go live, you'll get a notification of that, so you can feel free to join the show. Come on live, chat with me, we can get you on, and we can talk movies. The show is also live on the Twitter page. The show's Twitter page is at BendYourEarPod. That's the handle for Twitter. That is also the handle for Instagram and the handle for Twitch. The show is live on Twitch as well, so when I'm recording live, you'll see me on Twitch. Uh, those aren't archived, so you can't go back there. Uh, but you can, of course, go back to the Facebook page or the YouTube channel to see any shows that I've done already. And uh, also, again, you can follow the show on Twitter, again, at Bend Your Ear Pod. If you want to get any episode of this podcast, if you don't use a podcasting app, the show's website, I encourage you to go check it out, even if you do, just to see. It is LetMeBendYourEar.com. Every show is there for download all the way back to episode one. And I've added another tab there for the video episode. So you can go there as well to see. I've done the last five or ten, I think, that are on the website now. And that'll link you over to the Facebook channel uh, to watch any of these video episodes at your convenience. Uh, so again, uh, all those ways to watch the show. And please interact with me on Twitter. That's where I interact the most. I interact on Instagram as well. But definitely Twitter. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. I love, love, love talking movies with everyone. So it's a fantastic outlet for me. So hopefully you feel the same. So feel free to reach out to me there. If you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. So again, my review of The Adam Project is four Van Goghs out of five. You can check it out on Netflix now. And again, I want to thank everyone that's a regular listener to the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate the downloads. I appreciate you checking the show out. Uh, like I said, I would do this show whether one person listens or a million. So I, I love and I appreciate every single person that is either a regular listener or even if you checked it out once and it wasn't for you. If you do like the show, uh, I would ask this of you if you are a fan. Please, if you see my post on especially Twitter, please uh, retweet, like, and share those posts. Uh, I am an independent podcaster. I want to grow this show. The biggest way for me to grow this show is to get word of mouth out there for people that don't know about it to listen. The second thing that you can do that is also super important as well. If you listen to the show on a podcasting app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it, whatever podcasting app you choose, 
If you could rate and review the show, hopefully you give the show five stars. The reason uh, that you'll hear a lot of podcasts ask this, probably everyone if you listen to multiple podcasts, is the more ratings and reviews a show can generate on a particular application, the higher that show will show up in search results. So if someone is looking for a new movie podcast and there's a show like mine or anybody else's that has a lot of ratings and reviews, the algorithm will put that one higher to make that available to people that haven't uh, heard of the podcast before. So again, you know, there's millions of podcasts out there, a lot of very famous people doing them. So obviously they have the word of mouth of being a celebrity to get the word out and it's easy. But for independent podcasters like myself, uh, that's the really the, the go-to for us is going to be word of mouth and the ability for people to find us uh, since we're not obviously not famous or anything like that. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. Again, uh, share and review my media, uh, my social media posts. And then more importantly, if you can rate and review the show, if you like it, I would really appreciate that. So again, thank you for everyone that has listened to the show. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate some of the feedback I've gotten recently. So thank you for that. And even if you don't provide feedback, if you're a listener, that's great. I just want you to know out there, I appreciate it. I, I'm grateful. Like I said, I've, I've, I'm, I'm creeping up and I can't believe it on the fourth anniversary of this podcast, which is so fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself in the sense is that this is something that I've, that I've done that I've continued to do that I haven't put away. Because uh, if you know me and know this podcast, there was a previous iteration of this podcast that I did a few years ago that I kind of only did for about a year and then just kind of let it go. And I made a promise to myself when I relaunched the podcast. It was at a time in my life when I really needed a, a, a positive outlet for myself. And when I relaunched it, I, I swore to myself I was going to commit to it. And and there's been some ups and downs as far as is as consistency of episodes, but I've never given up. And like I said, in, in June, I'm going to be in year four. So I got to figure out who my guest is going to be for the fourth anniversary. Uh, Tucky Williams, the filmmaker who's been on twice with me, was my third anniversary. So I'm I'm very traditional with this podcast. So I may ask her to come back uh, for the fourth anniversary. Actually, I may put this uh, link this episode to her and tag her and uh, do the invite now for the fourth anniversary episode uh, to have her come back because she's a lot of fun to talk to. If you go back to my third anniversary special with her, I think you really enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, I don't have the episode number there, but if you go to um, any of my, go to the website or go to wherever you listen to podcasts, if you just scroll down, you'll see it. It was about last June, that episode with her and I it was pretty fantastic. So we talk 80s movies and she's a, she's a cool guest to have on. So I think I'm going to put that invitation out to her right now and uh, put it on my social media. So again, thank you for listening to Let Me Bend Your Podcast. I really appreciate it. Again, I interviewed The Adam Project, four Van Goghs out of five, and then I have my discussion about the, the great Bruce Willis. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Again, look for new podcasts every single Friday. As I also stated, uh, my goal is to have an episode out every Friday, and I've been sticking to that. And like I said, I've got episodes in the queue now, so I'm getting to the point now where it's going to be every single Friday. There's going to be a new episode 52 weeks out of the year. I won't be taking a break. There will always be a new episode of the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. So tell your friends about it. And again, have a fantastic week, and I'll be talking to you real soon and seeing you real soon here. Take care.